Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. I'm your boy Tactics. Yo, it is just Darcy here. This is Big Geek Umar. How y'all doing today? Height. Height. T? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I, I thought there was more coming on Darcy's head. So. No, no. I, I, I was listening to that, that pregame music, and I was just bouncing to it. And then we were talking about Jujutsu Kaisen before this. And, mm. and, and Nanami and Umar hasn't seen the last episode this week, but I'm hyped about it, and I'm thinking about it. it, it it's fire right now. It's just fire. This wasn't a part of the agenda, but I might as well jump right in. Like, I'm scared of this season because, like, people have been, like, TikTok, Twitter, like, like YouTube have been, like, everyone's been freaking the fuck out. And I, sh- like, the thing is, I-, I tried to get tactics into this. And for the first time in a really long time, I showed him, like, like a clip, like, of the first episode. And the first thing he says is, like, whoa, this man's got hands. And I'm, like, yeah, that's Gojo. And he just chilling with the main villain. <laughs> oh so umar you have seen nothing of this season or do you saw i've like seen the first i've seen the first five episodes uh oh. which was like a like it was um a flashback of uh of a flashback so sort of thing like it was like like real yeah. big prequel stuff so i'm about to jump into the shibuya arc because frankly i'm hearing so much about this uh season already might as well just start watch week by week and be tortured like the rest of everybody else yeah, I mean, but I mean, you tortured while you're watching it, and you tortured afterwards, because like, because uh, de- uh, not sorry, I was gonna say Demon Slayer. Uh, Judicial Kaisen is known for zero fillers, all pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also apparently a lot of thirst. There is so much thirst going on for Nanami and Gojo on like online right now that like, like osmosis wise, I'm like, am I attracted to them? I mean, Nanami came in this episode like Magic Mike, okay? Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, yeah. I guess we'll see. And tactics one day will catch up. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, I, only- I mean to, make you, to make the pitch for tactics here, okay? Um, the one thing that this anime is amazing at is that when they get down to hand-to-hand combat it's like when naruto was at its best and brought in their special animators to do like the more expressive version of like fight choreography that just felt really amazing the the people who do this just are like exceptional so when they get down to like brutal hand-to-hand stuff it's it's amazing to watch so that's, that's a little pitch for there for you all right okay okay well uh moving on to our first topic because that was kind of just like off the cuff sort of thing uh we're back and we're happy to see you all and for those of you who are not watching us live and are watching us after uh please click the link uh or click the description and you'll see uh timestamps for our topics and whichever one you want to go to feel free to click on that but our first topic of today uh because we're gonna have to jump right into it because you know we were off last week so we got quite a few things to catch up on the WGA SA, uh, SAG uh, strike, uh, or the WGA SAG AFTRA uh, strike, has gotten some updates. Uh, now, the writers, the WGA, the writers, they uh, they settled with uh, the executives, and it apparently, like, I don't want to say they got everything they wanted, but apparently they got a lot of what they wanted. So much so that they, like, I think, like ninety nine percent voted you uni- like voted to just ratify the decision i kind of want to know what the one percent were upset about but like still like you know that, that that sounds like a pretty pretty uh almost unanimous uh approval 
I mean, there's always going to be people mad about something. So, I mean, we, I if, mean it's, if it's 99 or 95 percent or whatever that number is, it's like, yeah, yeah, we don't need to pay attention to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So nonetheless, this was I think it was last week. So, like, I wouldn't say I'm the only one who had the assumption that, like, especially after, like, months of writers and actors striking and all the executives looking really bad online and public opinion not being on their side. I have figured since they kind of, I wouldn't say caved to the writer's demands because like there were reasonable demands. It's not like they were like, you know, begging hang and foot here, but like agreeing to the writer's demands, you, I expected the, the, the actors to be finished pretty quickly. Nah, no, nah, that didn't happen. Uh, so apparently uh, the SAG ha uh, have suspended negotiations because the AMT AMTPT? No, wait. I said that wrong. Studios? The studios? Yeah, studios. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. AMPTP. Uh, I was close. Uh, <laughs> they uh, They apparently started the week out with a worse deal than when they left. Uh, like uh, like when uh, the strike was, uh, the negotiations were su uh, suspended for the first time around. So that was an interesting opening salvo. And then apparently uh, the SAG uh, has been uh, like basically saying that while they have been attempting to act in good faith and keep giving counter uh, proposals, the AMPTP have refused almost all. Like things that are still haven't even been resolved are, uh, performers being replaced by AI, uh, imaging taking uh, place without future consent. Um, apparently, so I originally heard, and this has been mostly debunked, but I originally heard that uh, the uh, SAG teams were saying, we want 2% of overall revenue. And AMPTP was like, absolutely not. Now I was like, you know, that that that's a pretty big ask. But but uh, but what what actually happened was uh, AMPTP was basically uh, was overestimating and also misrepresenting. Uh, they were saying that like uh, they were saying that the SAG was asking for eight hundred million per year, roughly from the companies. Which uh, but the SAG responded by saying like that's about sixty percent more, like an overestimation of what we were asking for. Also, we weren't talking about overall; we were talking about <clears throat> streaming. 2% of streaming profits. Uh, so, like, I feel that is a little bit more reasonable. And you can tell that executives, once again, are trying to, like, save grace. So, like, currently, the negotiations are suspended. We don't know when the next set of negotiations are going to take place. But right now, the AMPTP are not playing ball. Uh, and the closest they came uh, in this week in negotiations was roughly where they were when they stopped last time. And also, they're apparently, they're still giving their bullying tactics. And this is with all the CEOs in the room, like Zaslav, uh, uh, Iger, all those people there. So, hmm. yeah, that, that I'm not going to lie, this surprised me. I, I anticipated a pretty swift, Ag negotiation uh, compared to what happened with WGA, but apparently I don't know stuff. So, uh, yeah, what what do you guys think, Darcy? Let's start with you, man. Um, not as surprised. 
Um, I, I, a couple of things. Like one, I generally would assume that the writers, especially since it, where they were coming from, but like the writers, the cost of upping what the writers want compared to the cost of what the actors want is going to be a smaller number, right? So you know, facts. Uh, and um, if nothing has told you anything more clearly in the last so many years that um, writing is one of our biggest problems in terms of the quality of the content. <laughs> um, and I, not that I'm saying I agree with anything here, but um, I could see that there's a lot <laughs> of problems with actors and like the rules around CGI and AI because um, one, yes, we don't want to watch AI actors where we don't see real actors but there's a lot of gray area around okay well what if somebody passes away and we're going to decide to do cgi work on their face and we're going to use ai to do that but now it's not contractually allowed to do it and that and the difference would be nine months worth of work versus like nine weeks worth of work and hundreds of millions of dollars. Now we have like different choices to make. Right. So I could see there being like, also, if I'm being fair <clears throat> arguments of gray area where there's also the opposite of over abuse, where the studio just basically is just using it a way to be cheap. And so, um, not that any of these things ever actually is as cheap as anyone thinks that they are, but I, yeah. I could see that there's a lot of like conversation to be had think... around that. I think the current uh, thing that SAG is saying is like, uh, we don't want that to happen without family consent. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. There's also something else you had mentioned that I'm curious about, if that was just like um, interchanging of words when you were saying it, or mm. the difference in their um, conversation. You mentioned revenue and profit, which are two t different things. And I was curious because they said, uh, well, we were asking for streaming profits. Uh, is how you phrased it. And I'm like, where's it? Was there um, because if one thought they were asking for a percentage of revenue and then they were saying, no, we want a percentage of profit, those are two very different things. And if they're not, if they're not even understanding that much, it's like, uh, your communication is really broken down because those I apologize. That, that may very well have been my, my fault. So, um, okay, so <laughs> letter to members, uh, Thursday, SAG said that, uh, Okay, so a SAG propo proposal would cost companies an additional $800 million a year and create an untenable economic burden, which is what AMTBP was saying. And SAG said that that figure was uh, overestimated by 60%, and union negotiators are profoundly disappointed that the studios had broken off talks. Uh, actors have been on strike over issues including increases in pay for streaming programming and control of use of their images generated by artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm still curious about the <coughs> revenue versus profit, but regardless, the difference between those would be, um, you know, very big. If they're asking for two percent of revenue, I don't think they're ever going to get that. Um, I don't think so either. Because because it's like it's one thing to say like, okay, we made like two two trillion dollars right or two billion dollars and i want a percentage off the top before you pay anybody which hurts how much money you have to pay your bill later versus saying i want a percentage after we've all made money and now you're you know we're taking some from that because it's it's a much smaller number and right. much easier to kind of like ensure that you you know you're not hurting the business as a whole so anyways um but yeah i'm i'm not overly surprised that this hasn't gone through i don't know i just mm. kind of felt like the actors part as much as they would want to get it done 
I just kind of felt like that there's going to be more difficulty and more ego and more money in the conversation. And it's going to take, it's going to be harder to get that resolved than <clears throat> from the writer's perspective perspective. I just figured there's a smaller number and you know, their, their asks probably are more reasonable because we know we've heard of a few actors in, in, in our lifetime that have asked for unreasonable things. And I'm sure some of their demands are on the table. <laughs> so yeah. T. Uh, I have more of a question uh, than a statement sure. regarding this. Uh, uh, I, I agree with what Darcy said. I'm not. I'm not at all surprised. Um, in terms of what you said, Darcy, about uh, the gray area in regards to like someone passing away, are you referring to like if they are in the midst of shooting a shooting something and then they pass away abruptly before wrapping up the production and then. They, <clears throat> the studios decide to use CGI or AI to kind of finish the product on their behalf? Yeah, so there's, <clears throat> what I mean by there's a lot of gray area and yes, the contracts, I want to figure them out, but there's so much gray in this. So mm. yes, the argument of just randomly choosing to put someone's face in without anyone's consent, I, mm. I, I very much can agree with that, right? Like it, arguably it's not <clears throat> even just like the perspective of like, do they feel good about it? Like someone has passed away seven years ago, like no one's as choked up about it as they would be if it was seven minutes ago. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the, it's also like just a like you're just gonna make money without me making money off of their face like what's going on here mm -hmm. um but the, the 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 gray area where it starts to get very like it's not as um like an egregious act is so for instance um in the mo in, in the uh mandalorian season two when we bring luke skywalker back and we start seeing uh. all the scenes that's artificial intelligence mm -hmm and cgi because they're using deep fake technology mm -hmm. deep fake technology uses artificial intelligence to scan thousands of versions of of an image from multiple different angles to then artificially figure out what the face would look like at, as the actor is moving and then like through the stunt double who's who's doing the movements and they're artificially regenerating the face and then they're applying visual effects on top of it um, and then they also might have some CGI as well. <clears throat> so there's a lot of gray area. If you start getting too rigid, then you block innovation, right? So there's this like this gray area of like, what does that mean? Hmm. Understood. Okay. Yeah, that was it. That was it. For oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were thinking, yeah. So, like, okay. So, nonetheless, we will we will see where this progresses. Obviously, uh, there's uh, more striking going to be happening and more and an ongoing story. So, hopefully, this will get resolved soon and we'll see how it gets resolved. And maybe we'll find out uh, how this gray area lands, as, as Darcy described it. Mm -hmm. So, moving on to our next topic. Now, this is... Uh, Started off as like a singular news uh, discussion, but like with much more massive uh, overtones. So uh, I might as well go with the overall uh, theme. So like it has now been officially been decreed by James Gunn that DCU is getting fully recast. Like nobody from the DCEU 
who's been in movies uh like aside from like uh, the ones that just came out like uh like Blue Beetle I think is staying and I feel some I can't remember someone else low uh, like on like not uh, as known Peacemaker but, Peacemaker thank you yes John Cena <laughs> is still saying so like those two guys are still in, but everyone in the DC uh, EU is getting recast. We knew about Henry Cavill. Gal Gadot apparently did not understand her meeting with uh, Peter Safran and uh, James Gunn, uh, or she was trying to trying to force their hand, which did not go their, her way. And like and like, <laughs> Baffleck is not going to uh, get anything uh, out of it. But one thing that was be one thing that was being up in the air and being debated. This is a hilarious image, by the way. Uh, I'm just thinking uh, about about the whole like you just said, Gal Gadot and understanding. In my brain, I was like lost in translation. <laughs> um, but one thing, and it's just been announced, uh, just been reasonably confirmed. I would just say, that, um, in um, industry insiders, about two hours ago, have relatively confirmed that talks with Jason Momoa to be recast as Lobo from his uh, role as Aquaman have been completed and come 2024 uh, he they're going to announce uh, that he is going to be Lobo going forward so excited (laughs) (laughs) You know how I feel. <laughs> I know. Yes, I, I, that's why I didn't tell you uh, pregame because I, I wanted I wanted you to like have an appropriate response to this. So like, while not an official announcement, this is like unofficial. Uh, like Jason Momoa is Lobo. It's a done deal, uh, and it will be announced officially later, uh, the end of the year or beginning of next year. That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. it right there. That is, look at that. That man. Looks like him. Put some face, and that's a young version of him too. I know. He he, he got more grit on him. You just gotta put the face paint on. He you just let him go wild. We already saw him pull a Joker esque vibe out of Fast X. Like this man, <coughs> it, 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 it's like literally all I can just imagine is like you show up to set and you're just like, okay, we have four four cases of Guinness. Have fun. do you ever hear about his guinness story when he was uh when he was filming aquaman i've been hearing a lot of stories about him actually like not a lot of great stuff uh like he was kind of like uh well the things that he was saying he was drunk on set uh and also he was bullying amber heard and also he no one cares (laughs) Uh, but and also he was uh being belligerent and i'm just like Why? I, apparently, he didn't really want the movie to be made, and he really did not want to be working with Amber Heard. So I'm just oh, like, oh, you mean the second one? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, that, I mean, that, that, I mean, I mean, if you did that first film and knew who she was and got pulled into doing that second film, I don't think you'd want to be there either. I think you would be. I think he was trying to get himself fired. <laughs> that just sounds like a guy who's like somebody let me go (laughs) yeah honestly i wouldn't be surprised because like uh, if he turns out to be like an angel on the lobo set and it was like a a complete terror on like aquaman 2 he's like so like they're not firing me that got no seriously guys i tried yeah like you said bullied him or heard 
rumors from Amber Heard. Um, like, <laughs> come on now. But anyway, Again, these are all rumors. These are all rumors. Well, so here's the thing. He probably tried to be a menace and get fired, but then he realized that Ezra Miller wasn't getting fired for his shit. So he's like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no chance, bro. This, this movie just has to tank in order for me to be released from this. <laughs> I'll be drunk in each scene. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So um, uh, uh, since you have this photo up, the one on the left, so the Guinness thing I was referencing before. So mm. leading up to the scene, like a lot of the Hollywood stuff, uh, you know, he did the the same diet that, you know, uh, Hugh Jackman basically popularized and then everybody had to do afterwards, which is basically like you stop drinking water and eating for like two to three days leading up to yeah. it. And you drank. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. And so he came up to the scene and he'd been like, um trying to get that pump at the last second and nothing was working and then he drank uh a guinness because he always like he drinks a lot of guinness and uh the person his trainer or whatever is like forget it like at this point let's just try it right like the carbohydrates one guinness boom perfect <laughs> it, went out, <laughs> it went out the water so when he drinks the beer he's just drinking beer <laughs> like, <laughs> like it just it just what it is what it is but like especially lobo feels like He's going to have some drinks on set. Like, he's going to have some drinks on screen. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just going to be like, if he's slightly buzzed in all of his scenes, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> it's a good time on set right there. I'm I'm looking, I'm actually, oddly enough, I'm looking forward to seeing what this movie's going to be like. Be like <laughs> just because of all this, like, behind it. And also, I love Jason Momoa. Like, I've been enjoying him, I, uh, but like, I am also really glad that he's being recast and that they're like they're not keeping anyone from DCEU. Like we've been saying this for a while. If you're gonna like if you're gonna do a, like a recast some people, recast them all. Yeah, yeah. Just just move on. Like let's ha- let's fresh stories, fresh stuff. You know, if you need to reference something from the the old one because it has some setup to the new, cool. Like you know, if but like uh, just give me give me new stories. I just want new stories. Uh, T. Yeah, so I'm not surprised. I mean, after he he alluded to, well, he actually showed his meeting um, or coming out of his meeting with um, uh, James Gunn. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, like he he like afterwards he was like, yeah, I just had a meeting with James Gunn, and I can't say what it is, but I'm super excited. I love James Gunn. And from there, I was like, okay, so this guy's Lobo for sure. Like, I mean, what other what other character fits the mold of Jason Momoa other than that character? So, um, I know they've been trying to get this uh, this character introduced into the DC uh, universe for a while, and so yeah, I definitely see him uh, playing the role. Uh, he's pretty much just playing himself, and like Darcy said, he's just going to be having a good time drinking beers, like legitimately. So, I mean, he's. Okay. Yeah, he's going to love it, and he's going to probably bring a really good environment, a really good vibe to the role. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm not familiar. I'm not overly familiar with Lobo. I've seen him in, like, a couple of the animated stuff and and him pop up here and there. But other than that, I'm not overly uh, well-versed in, in this character. But I think my theory is right in the sense, or it's leaning that way in the sense of, like, everyone is being recasted in but like playing it like basically playing a different role so like gal because i know james gunn met with gal gadot he, he obviously he met with uh jason momoa um i think he met with henry cavill yeah and so obviously they're probably not going to be playing their 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 actual 
previous characters, but they're probably going to show up in some capacity in a different movie of some sort. Maybe yeah, not as a main role, but like, you know, because I feel like James Gunn is the type of person where it's like he's buddy, like he tries to be buddies with everybody. And he's just like, I don't want to can you. And like, you know, I feel like, you know, we need to, if if we are going to give you a send off, we need to give you the proper send off. Maybe not as this character, but at least introduce you in a way that still kind of either pays homage to the, your character or honors you, honors your talent in some capacity in this new DC universe that we're building. It's okay. So uh, I was re restraining myself from saying something uh, when we were doing our pregame uh, conversation, specifically in regards to uh, this, where, and Darcy was alluding to this also off air. Uh, if Henry Cavill, because, uh, okay, just for the audience's sake, uh, Darcy was saying something along the lines of like, uh, if Henry Cavill was to come back uh, because he's getting older now, like we would want him to play a more mature Superman, blah, 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 blah. And based on what you're talking about tactics, where like James Gunn, let's say hypothetically, has talked with all the former members of the DCEU and he's like, hey, look, I got a plan. You know, you're not going to be Superman. You're not going to be your character for the next little while, but like we can do something. If, if, if I think on those lines, then naturally a Kingdom Come uh, production makes sense. Now, for those of you who don't know, Kingdom Come was uh, a graphic novel uh, written by Mark Wade and was uh, painted, uh, I like to say painted, uh, by Alex Ross, who does very realistic sort of uh, drawings. And this was like an Elseworld comic. It was four issues, uh, but it became iconic. It became mythic. And it showed adult characters of our Justice League. Superman had like gray hair. Wonder Woman looked the same. Batman is like literally being held together by like all of his, uh, his machinery. The Flash has all but disappeared because he just spends all day, every day, every second running around Central City and made it a utopia where nothing bad ever happens. Aquaman basically is like ruling the sea and like the world, the world governments have to stay away. Like, ocean cyborg wasn't in there uh, and like green lantern basically like went off into like an orbital sort of thing anyway basically superman quit being superman and just was like farming uh and he stayed he he basically stopped being superman because he couldn't take the fact that the world was enjoying more brutal heroes and he has to come back because the brutal heroes go too far and Lex Luthor is involved as well, and also all that sort of shit. So, like, it was a like I still love it. And if we're going to do if like if what you guys are saying, if like let's say like James Gunn and Peter Safran talk to everybody from the original DCEU, it's like, hey, we'll bring you back. Hopefully, not Ezra Miller. Well, actually, given Kingdom Come, you don't need to bring back Ezra Miller. So, um, yeah, you like you get uh, Cavill back, you get Gundot back, you get Affleck back, and you uh, and like they all just naturally aged mm -hmm. you could do kingdom come mm -hmm. mm. are you talking like an else world or are you talking in the general continuity they, uh, if they make it in a part of like the dcu's like future version they come back and like hey this is what life is like in the future we need you guys to step up or if it's a or if it's an else world that's like an alter like kind of like an alternate reality kind of like uh no way home so you know what have been sick and it it seemed like they they like they had all the right materials, all the right properties to set this up, but ultimately 
um, that all got ruined. But mm. you remember, I, I think it was the Justice League or maybe it was a Batman Beyond episode where um, Batman, Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis meets up with the old school Justice League. And the, they find out Superman's being taken over by the uh, Starro. Yeah, I, yo, I would love to see like a live action. That would be dope. That would be so sick. That would or, be so sick. Also, the Justice League Unlimited one, where like someone starts messing with time, and then like all like the like like with Batman Beyond, and also mm. Young Batman, they all get together, and it's like all the different sort of like mm. iterations yeah. come together because time is being fucked around with. Yeah, that would be cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, we are going to see uh, what comes with this, but I gotta say, um, Gunn is finally starting to give giving us some good news, as opposed to us having faith. But now it seems like. The first step is like faith is being, you know, like at least Darcy's faith is uh, well. Actually, Darcy's faith was always strong when it comes to gun, but like nonetheless, uh, Lobo uh, being our man, Jason Momoa, is a really good first step with the DCU in terms of like actually making things happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and recasting, uh, having uh, 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 some characters leave a bit is also amazing. I'm Agreed. still, I'm still here internally just dying about the fact the way you said it was like. Yeah, she tried to bring, try to force his hand, and it backfired. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also, just a quick sad piece of news regarding Lobo. One of the uh, writers who is credited for creating uh, Lobo, Keith Giffen, he passed away uh, a couple of days ago. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to hear about the what would happen with his his character, but hopefully they will give him a proper send-off in the movie uh, whenever they make it. Yeah. So moving on to uh, the next topic, which has kind of taken uh, a pretty big storm. Uh, and right now, Marvel Studios is in hot fucking water because, okay, I will admit that T has been making some strong statements regarding uh, phase four. And to give him credit, while I was drinking as much of the Kool-Aid as I could when it came to Daredevil Born Again, T was also very reserved regarding the production for that. Facts. Yes. So turns out that uh, as much good as we hoped for... Now, I will say what ha- what happened is ultimately a good thing, but... Turns out, Daredevil Born Again is currently getting revamped. Uh, the writers... <laughs> That's amazing. They should call it uh, Daredevil Ooh. Dead Again. <laughs> <laughs> this thing was never even born! <laughs> so, so, yeah. What are they going to call it next? Born Again uh, Again? <laughs> Preborn. Uh, okay, so Charlie Cox question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so the actors are all still in play, but apparently the head writer uh, and the writers in general for the project have, and the directors have all been booted. Uh, apparently, the it was turning into a like lawyer procedural show only, and Daredevil didn't even show up in costume until the fourth episode of a 12 episode run. So I was like, what? 
So, and, so, so they're just like, oh, you know, off of the strength of that She-Hulk. Let, let's kind let's of, do more I think, of that. I think that kind of it. So, like, this resulted in everyone being like, wait, hold on one second. Why was this such a big deal? Like, why was this thing going down this direction? And it, it's like, well, the show wasn't working. And so, like, we're revamping and, and all that sort of stuff. Now, a lot of people are hoping that they'll get the people from the Netflix series because what Kevin Feige said is what he's seen so far is that it was too far away from what the Netflix series was. And he wants to get people to come in to fix it so that they get back to what was making it successful. Now, unfortunately, it's not a lot, but it is something. However, then things started coming out a little bit more about uh, Marvel Studios TV series in general. Turns out they had a tradition of making uh like their tv making model i should say is they didn't commission pilots but instead shot entire 150 million dollar seasons on the fly like so not a pilot tell you what it's like decide whether to do it it's like no this is the idea go forth they also didn't hire showrunners it was a head writer and instead, they depended entirely on film executives to run the series. Now, not that executives aren't having a strong hand in a series, but like they don't have a showrunner. They just have a head writer who is kind of doing the job of a showrunner while also writing. Umar, for, for those of yeah. us who are lacking in, uh, in industry knowledge, what does a showrunner do? I'm the asking for a friend, by the way. <laughs> okay. The executive producer is basically in charge with the overall vision. He is, he does also write. Like, it's not like he doesn't write at all, but like the, the head writer and the writers basically write each episode, but the showrunner maps out everything and tells you what beats to hit and then looks through the scripts and is like, okay, yes, this is, this is what we need. This is what we need. Okay. Hold up. You've gone off on a tangent here. Let's come right back. Like that sort of thing. So like you can have a sh head showrunner who is also the head writer, which is not uncommon. But the fact that you have no showrunner and just have the head writer as the person who is like in charge of writing and the executives calling the shots, there's no one in the middle to kind of fix that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So no one to like really focus on continuity. Exactly. Which secret invasion kind of proved and also would explain why like the ending of she-hulk happened and i mean moon knight really could have anyway um there's more and uh, uh and uh 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 the first one <laughs> like all of them literally all of them like all of our problems that we have and leaving us leaving out all covid related issues we still had some problems and yes so the the, the one of the last points was the TV model that uh, Marvel Studios was using also relied on post-production and reshoots to fix any and all problems that come through. So they were like, they're going to be problems. It's cool. We're going to just reshoot afterwards. It, it sounds like they just they, they did a TV series like a movie. Like, just I completely like, concur. It's, it's, it's one big movie. Just chop it up. But yet still not do that properly because you didn't figure out the ending 
And also, given what we know about uh, Bob Chapek and him saying, I, uh, I want quantity more than quality, this model literally would create quantity and yeah. not quality. There's no way you could get quality out of this. Yeah, you, 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 you might you might throw some spaghetti. Some of it might stick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what they did and yeah. kind of goes towards Tactics' point. Now, I, like, I still feel that uh, some of them were still some nice hits. But, like, I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, so with all this news that we've gotten regarding Marvel Studios and them now, like, desperately strang- uh, like scrambling to, like, fix everything, both regarding Daredevil, especially, I think is their main uh, focus right now, and then everything else. I want to hear what my bros have to think, because clearly you know what I think. So, like, T, let's start with you this time, bro. Uh, what are your thoughts? Bro, I, I mean, I called this from the beginning. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm I, sorry. I, I had no hope for this, because realistically, and I'm sure y'all can agree with me, I don't want Daredevil born again. I want Daredevil season four. That that's that's what I want. The next best thing would be to get the the creators, the Netflix creators of the original Daredevil show to come on board to add their own little spin to this and make it what it was. If you're not gonna follow a continuation of where you left off in the Netflix series, then at least get those guys who created that series to add their own spin on it. But it, anything less than that, I'm I'm just not interested because. Now that they've they they left on such a high note and they've set the bar so extremely high that you know you can only continue from where you left off or not do it at all because now be because based off like I know in um in Hawkeye and uh, and She Hulk they made like like brief introductions like they introduced Kingpin or their version the MCU version of Kingpin and daredevil and you could tell that they were watered down it, it, it doesn't fit this it, it had it didn't have the same tone and yeah some of the action was still was okay but nowhere near the level of the the caliber that we got with netflix and so yeah. i don't want anything less than that i'm not interested because now i have something to compare it to and it's just i don't feel like it's going to live up to the hype so, yeah, either give me season four or get the dudes that made ne- the Netflix original or just just kill this shit with fire, man. But what do you think of, of like, uh, Kevin Vigie saying that he, uh, uh, they want uh, a new showrunner who will actually take them uh, closer to the Netflix uh, approach? Why not just get the Netflix guys? Contracts might be an issue. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, I don't know because here's the thing. Like, if I'm if I'm coming in and I'm trying to replicate the Netflix show, I'm gonna want to put my own interpretation on it, and I might want to deviate away from the Netflix original because I want I want to add my own creative spin on on it, and. Therefore, it's giving me something new rather than giving me some give, giving the audience what they actually want. Now, there is a possibility that he could actually end up making it better than what we originally got. But 
I will say one thing. Uh, the Netflix series had three different uh, showrunners. Basically, a different showrunner per season. And they, Okay, so, yeah, okay. So, and they all followed the same tone, but... Yeah, yeah. Give me first or, or, or third season. They're the best. That's what I'm saying. First and not what? That, first and third season. To be fair, season two, I, I'll agree, was not their best, but damn, did they have some fucking amazing parts. It wasn't their best. Well, I, I think in part because it, it felt like two separate seasons. Like yeah. it, like it, 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 there was a lot going on, and I, I, yeah. I felt like they were, they were rushing things a little bit, but still, st I mean, bar none, oh, yeah. it, it's, it's one of oh, the best, it's oh, one of the best oh. Netflix original shows out there, like, oh, to date. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm just yeah. saying that I, I preferred season one and three more. Yeah, one hundred percent. We, we all know how good it was. We all saw Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. The, the the question here is which is worse? The MCU stuff or Iron Fist? 100% Iron Fist. 100%. That's not even a question on this. 100%. Secret Invasion or Iron Fist? <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't seen it so I can't I can't the, comment. Iron Fist or the Hulk Fist? <laughs> 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 oh yeah or oh, the drax fist. oh by the way uh so another piece of news that uh i forgot to mention turns out a few of the show uh, of like the head writers i should say and directors actually quit halfway through some of the shows like for example moon knight my man bounced it was like you know i don't i don't want to be part of this others were fired so like clearly the model was not inspiring a lot of people and these are short seasons and people were getting so upset that they left or like got fired so like yeah this model yeah. was trash yeah because you're not doing it properly and people are just trying to get the job done properly and you're, you're mm -hmm. being like nah i've never done this before but i have a good idea let's do it this way um and half of them had like like the people who in charge of secret invasion hadn't watched most of the mcu oh great mm. Yeah, you're gonna put okay. Anyways, no wonder. I mean, we yeah. all we all saw that power. Um, <laughs> like the scrolls taking on abilities is a thing, but not like that. That's not how. Also, I want it. why are you character assassinating uh, Rhodey and uh, uh, Nick Fury? Yeah, I know. But anyways, I, I guess circle back to a point that that, that mm. Taxis was was saying because I there's something that I wanted to like add to it. So you know, uh, taking on something and doing an interpretation can work um yes people generally want to put their own spin on it 95 percent of people will however there are people that exist like dave filoni which are very much like a absolutely loves what george lucas did and then wants to do some right. like to continue yes. it and want to, to move in that way or you can have find people who have a very similar style like for instance i was watching a video today about the the director greg i forget his last name from the the creator and how he's heavily uh, Edwards. thank you uh he's very inspired by ridley scott and he's actually mm. visually if you think about it, very close to ridley scott and so yeah. sometimes you can find people who are very much in the same vein and could then elevate something or continue that thing naturally because they're very similar so you either have to find somebody who's naturally in the same lane um and you're gonna get something new but you're gonna get something very similar and also last point uh get rid of the yellow 
He's red. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he was he was yellow. I don't care. <laughs> we had the red outfit in the Netflix series. That's the outfit. <laughs> okay. Uh, I also will say I really like this image, by the way, T. I like it too. Yeah. But no, I agree. I, the red was my favorite, and I I love the I love the co- Ooh. I could get Ooh. on board with this. I could get on board with this. Oh, that fight would be amazing. Yeah, if we can get him to act the way he—I mean, he didn't act bad, but you'd not put him he, on a on a popcorn set and then be like, "Here, let's take a very serious actor and put him in a very <laughs> unserious looking situation." Oh my god! I don't, uh, yeah, because because that's like the it. other that's the other thing too, right? Like, I mean, is Disney willing to go? at lengths that netflix went they said they wanted to make it a mature other uh, first mature uh content because like at this point they're hurting themselves in terms of their viewers because they know they're losing audiences mm-hmm. and their audience has grown up yeah you got kids but you have so much property and yeah. so much stuff that you can cater to adults and just not have m- movies that you're going to bring your kids to yeah, and- also netflix like owned uh like uh, they got they they were like killing it with daredevil and that was mature so like i completely agree with you dars yeah you you don't have to worry that everything has to have a toy sale um you just have to find ways to make sure that it's making money and building the overall thing yeah so yeah uh, we will see uh what changes will be made to marvel studios and also to daredevil uh here's hoping here's hoping and just because i feel the need to just make a, a, a some level of a further atonement tactics was right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. moving on all right so uh this is going to be a fun segment of our uh <laughs> I'm gonna give this to you, man. No, 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 yo, no. You tee it off, but I, I'm just, I'm just preparing. All right, all right, okay, okay. So, uh, a new trailer came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and it had our beloved Jason Statham, uh, and it was called The Beekeeper. Now, I posted this trailer in our group chat as a joke. Like, I'm like, yo, guys, our man's doing it again. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's uh, fixing the world's problems as a beekeeper and i'm not gonna lie when i first started watching this trailer i'm like is it like he's like did someone like kill his bees <laughs> <laughs> and like he's like going after them nah it, it it was different you gotta watch the trailer if you haven't already but nonetheless this kind of caused a reaction among my bros and resulted in us having a very fun-filled uh, afternoon and evening yeah, shout out to Darcy just, for the, the uh, suggestion, man. Because I, I <laughs> this is entirely uh, Darcy's uh, like push. Um, we started deciding and pitching to one another Jason Statham's movies going forward, based off the fact that he's Jason Statham and he is some innocuous job. Like, uh, like, I mean, the transporter didn't really seem like it was going to be something that was intense. The beekeeper really doesn't sound like it's going to be intense. But nonetheless, when you watch the trailer, he, man's like hold, hold throwing on. hands and folding people. Do you know that there's a red band trailer for this? 
It's going to be like a hard R movie, apparently. Because <laughs> when you're watching that trailer, you kind of skim over the fact that there's a scene where he shows he grabs someone's hand and there's a saw, uh, like a saw blade and he pushes it towards and then it cuts. And then later on, he's like, oh, he cut off my fingers. I'm like, oh, we're going to actually see that. Oh, like, I saw that. Like, like the extraction. I didn't watch the Red Band trailer, but I'm getting the sense that this is actually going to be extremely brutal. Like, like <laughs> a lot of visual gore. <laughs> Yeah, now that you say that, I remember like uh, he was covered like because they had to like like um, take out the color red uh, in trailers. So like I saw there was a lot of black like or I should say oil on his body after taking on a bunch of FBI agents. So I'm just like, yeah, like it's it's a hilariously silly concept. How like it almost feels AI like, but at the same time. <laughs> Because it's so, it's on brand. I know because it's so brutal though. Like it looks like it's gonna be brutal. Like I have a feeling it's actually like a some serious <laughs> thing that somebody had written a long time ago. It just sounds really bad. Like the beekeeper, right? Yeah. And, he, and he's part of a society called the beekeepers who take care of the world because that's what bees do. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I uh, so just a bit of context. Um, the synopsis or the pitch for this movie is Mr. Clay is a former operative of a clandestine organization called Beekeepers. After his friend and neighbor dies by suicide after failing to uh, falling for a phishing scam, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> a phishing scam, Mr. Clay sets out to exact revenge against the company responsible. This is directed by David Ayer. Oh, oh, th oh, this is going to be actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be some kind of brutal. <laughs> so anyway, we decided, or I should say Darcy suggested, that we make pitches for Jason Statham movies. And so we're going to uh, put the pitches out here. Uh, they're under copyright of Geeky Bros uh, Productions, by the way. <laughs> Uh, so T, I will let you start, bro. Oh, I'm gonna do my first. Okay, you go. You do <clears throat> we can go back and forth, one per each person. Fair, fair. Or just keep yeah. rotating. Yeah. yeah. Well, I only I only got the one, so I, and I did it in order. So let's do let's do uh, who who's was first in the chat? Uh, Me, oh, I think yeah. I, I was. The, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, all right. Uh, I'm just trying to find it uh, right now. Okay. Yeah. So. Which one? You, oh, okay, never mind. Okay, Go yeah. On. So, uh, uh, Jason Statham tries to sell houses to people who need it, but when corrupt real estate developers come to town, he has to make them deal with him. The realtor tagline: He'll close the deal with his fists. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pull AI for these? Yeah. <laughs> his nose looks. In the face. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Vin Diesel on the left. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. That's so good. I can't even just smoke a cigar and lost his nose. <laughs> oh, the realtor. Good one. Oh. All right. Um, who's next? Uh, I think it was... Uh, uh, no, it was uh, Tactics. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me tee up mine. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So mine was, give me one second. Uh, all right. So 
What he thought was an innocent one night stand turned out to be an evil plot for his semen as a seemingly innocent woman takes advantage of ex-Marine turned billionaire playboy Statham in a gold digging surrogate mother ploy. It's a race against the clock for Statham to ensure his semen doesn't get into the wrong hands or rather the wrong vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, too much. So, the movie title is Semen Run. <laughs> Tagline is Come and Get It. <laughs> oh, so good. I thought you were going to do your first one. Oh, oh, I only had one. No, you had one more. No, I only had that one. I think you so, had one more. You can go see yeah, the here. chat and try to find it. Here it is. Oh, yes. You had one more. The waiter. Did I? That, that was mine? Yeah. And then right, Darcy well, did his. So, like, Darcy, uh, like, uh, I'll let you, like, you, you, you go while uh, Taxi tries to find his next one for the next segment. All right. So, I had two. We'll start with the first one. Um, okay. 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 Related to the grocery store. I don't know if there's an image for that or not. But, all right. One day, Statham goes to the grocery store only to see the prices have risen out of control. Price chopper. In this action flick, Statham will hunt down the Lucy grocery store execs until the prices come back down to normal. Tagline, you better like these apples. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how did I miss that one? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the price it was, chopper? It, it was probably higher up than, uh, oh, than you saw. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, T, are you ready for yours or should I, should I do mine? No, do yours. Okay. Okay. So, uh, okay. So, um, all right. So Jason Statham is a quiet, but loving man to all animals at the zoo. But one day a gang of bikers come and vandalize the zoo, causing many animals to be injured or killed. The law has been bought off and no one can get justice for the zoo animals, except the zookeeper <laughs> tagline. <laughs> He's the new apex predator in town. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is like really close. Not yeah. quite. <laughs> he's like confused if he's safe or not. <laughs> oh, I like the chest hair though. That, that's accurate. <laughs> it was a good touch. It was a good touch. All right, D. Okay, so I don't have an image for this one, but. Guy skips out on the check and only one man can hunt him down and make him pay. The movie is The Waiter, tagline, gratuity, not included. <laughs> oh, I like it. The gratuity not included. By the way, the uh, the Seaman Run one killed me because I was driving and I was not having a good day at the moment. I was dealing with something and somebody was upsetting me. And so I was driving and then um, I got like, oh, there's like WhatsApp notifications. So I played it and listened to Siri read that out. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's next? All right. Uh, Darcy, you're the last one. Okay. All right. Let's jump right into this one. So a rough around the edged man decides to settle into an easier life as a baker. However, this hard on the times area soon becomes riddled with local gang issues. It's up to one man to rise to the occasion to take on this dirty dozen. Statham in the cake boss tagline serving nothing but humble pie. 
<laughs> oh man. Oh, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. All right. I'm so, ready to uh, see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to his face? <laughs> Why is the cap so small? <laughs> oh, man. You can have fun with AI. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it, it, all of these photos are half baked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right, Lord. well, uh, I'm going to leave it to our audience members. Which, uh, please put right in the comments which one, which of the pitches was your favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so moving on to our next topic. Uh, we we have review in our last podcast. Uh, Darcy and I gave a very spoiler free review. Creator, a sci fi. Uh, a sci-fi uh, movie that came out uh, directed by uh, Gareth Edwards and also, I think, also written by him and also um, Chris Wheats. Uh, anyway, it's a, um, a dystopian artificial intelligence uh, future uh, film. And we said that we would give it a full review once Tactics had watched it because he said he was planning on watching it. Well, that day has now, has now come and all three of us have watched it and now we are ready to fully review it so seeing as how <laughs> you do not disappoint for those of those listening on the podcast we are now looking at a picture of tyler the creator <laughs> in wig in blonde wig <laughs> well played well played sir well played uh ooh, Gemma. anyway so um i will start with tactics tactics uh, what did you think of this film? What would you rate it out of uh, 10? And like, what were the things that you had a problem with? <clears throat> um, so you want my rating first? Yeah, let's go. Let's start with that. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Damn! I, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. I was, to be honest, a little underwhelmed by the movie overall there was a lot of good things like uh, the visuals like you guys were accurate and on the money in, in regards to that the visuals were absolutely stunning um a lot of the uh motion cap stuff uh pertaining to like the ai was phenomenal like you like darcy was saying in the last podcast you, like they look they move so realistically like <clears throat> like nothing i've seen before so I was super impressed by that and just the feel of everything. And um, a lot of the action sequences were re- really well done. Um, so yeah, visuals were great. Uh, the, uh, the the girl who plays Alfie did a fantastic job. She in fact stole the show for me more so than um, uh, John, David uh, John David Washington. Thank you. Um, yeah, she, and, and super impressive her, that being her first film Ever like our film yeah. debut, she did a phenomenal job. I, 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 I was really touched by her facial expressions and the way she emotes in a lot of the scenes. It was really, really, really fantastic and well done. Um, I just found the storyline kind of flat, to be honest. Like I feel like there wasn't anything new from like what I saw from the trailer. I felt like the trailer kind of gave the the main gist of of the story and then in regards to the actual screenplay i 
I felt like it was a movie that I'd seen before. Like it, it had a lot of very familiar tropes, which is not always necessarily a bad thing in, in movies. Like movies kind of take on, take on the inspiration of a lot of film tropes. But I just felt like I was watching another like uh, The Last of Us or Logan or, you know. Okay. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. It was kind of, it was, it, it just kind of had the same kind of formulaic beats for me so um it didn't really give anything or blow me away exponentially in terms of like what i was anticipating for for the movie i thought it was going to give me a little bit more there were some interesting concepts like i like the aspect like the little subtle aspects of like um how memories are implanted like how they use how they kind of extracted like the last moments of a person's memories and things like, like the, the way that they yeah the way they use technology for your like people that are like just died i thought that was a pretty interesting scientific like science sci-fi kind of uh tech introduction which was really cool um john david washington surprisingly didn't really blow me away and i don't think i maybe it was because of the fact that he was a little outshined by by uh the alfie character um <clears throat> but yeah i was kind of expecting i was expecting more and he didn't really stand out to me the way i was hoping that he would um the movie also felt kind of long um like certain parts certain parts for me felt like it was kind of dragging and um and then yeah the ending was kind of underwhelming like it was heartfelt to a certain extent but then yeah it was just i don't know i i felt like i just wanted more and i didn't get i didn't get what i was anticipating so for me yeah it's a it's a 6.5 i feel like i've seen it before um i felt like there was a promise of a good ai story but it didn't quite hit the mark for me. Okay. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. I mean, yeah. I, I did that reaction naturally. <laughs> <laughs> well, Darcy, in contrast, uh, do you want to give uh, now full and also spoiler full uh, review? Um, I don't feel the same. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just sad to hear that you feel like, you know, it, it wasn't giving you that much. Because for me... Like, I will say that, like, the, the films uh, didn't give us a new answer, is the way I would want to put it. Like, when we usually do these futuristic movies, I think a lot of what we're hoping for um, is a new answer to what could be, right? Kind of like when you watch Star Trek, if you're a Star Trek fan, right? Um, more than like anything else. And you're looking at what the future could be and what humanity could become. And so you're looking for a future answer. Whereas this film doesn't give you that. What this film did for me was present new questions that I hadn't been asked yet related to integration of artificial intelligence. And I was really enthralled with that, um, as well as the things of this film that really stood out, which is the cinematography and the way it was produced. You know, I obviously talked a lot about that in the last podcast, but since that podcast, like there's been a lot of videos, people breaking down stuff in this film. And I watched a video today where this guy actually interviewed the, um, the director of photography from the film and was like breaking down a lot of how they did things and also interviews with like the director to the point uh tactics where you were saying like okay um they you've never seen cgi characters move so realistically you know why that is is like the way they did this film was they they filmed the whole film edited the whole thing then sent it to the to, to the, the graphics design department but even more to that fact 
all of the CGI characters were actually acted by real people and they didn't they put some people in suits and some people they didn't but like for instance you know like the end when they when they go by that big bridge and they're like in a boat and there's like CGI there's like robots all over the place on the shore and in the background they those are all just real people like not even in special suits and then what they would do is they would just paint them out and put somebody over top but they would have a reference for how they're moving because they'd have a real person moving realistically so a lot of that stuff was actually just people and then they would just um specifically prepare in a in a specific way like putting certain things on people's necks and hands so they know they're going to replace and then just have them act and so now you just got to replace this one thing and you get a very realistic movement because it is a very realistic movement it's a real mm -hmm. person moving so it's like really really intelligently done but yeah going back to like let's talk on the story point i really just appreciated the questions that this proposed around um technology being empathetic and us being scared and fear-mongering um and i enjoyed that the fact that like it asked questions about well what if you know these um beings are created to simply integrate in our lives and help our lives um should we be empathetic to that you know are we looking at it entirely from a fear perspective and not seeing the larger perspective of what could be. So I just like that the, it proposed questions, but yeah, it didn't present new answers. So in my opinion, that that obviously could end up on the same tropes, but I still really, really love this film um, because I know I'm just talking about the, 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 the cinematography and stuff, but it, it uses classic film techniques that we haven't seen since like the alien days and the, the, you know, the seventies, the eighties and maybe early nineties where the lighting is more natural. It's actually filmed on good sets. It's actually filmed on real locations. It's filmed where you actually see characters interacting with each other instead of these damn over the shoulder shots. Like nobody can be in the same room. How does anybody act well when no two actors are in the same room at the same time, you know? And it feels real and it feels grounded and it's beautiful. And I want more films that do that and not these just stupid over the shot shoulder sh movies with like perfect lighting and you know everyone just showing up on set one day and leaving and no one ever interacting with each other and just faking it like i just i i i can't have keep going down the, those roads with those movies so for me this did something for me but to each their own i respect that i will say i'm kind of like in the middle between the two of you because like I, like i I was a little let down with this movie, but at the same time, I was touched by it. Like, I I agree there's nothing new here in terms of the storytelling, but what I found to be new uh, was the approach and also <laughs> the the depth, uh, the attempted depth and, and all that sort of stuff. Like, I, this felt like an art film, art action film, kind of on the same level as, like, Prey, and I felt that it had a lot of like, okay, I am in full agreement. I think all three of us are in agreement. This movie was beautiful, like mm -hmm. absolutely stunning, uh, uh, like technically, geographically, cinematographically, like uh, hands down. Like I, I am looking forward to more Gareth Edwards directed films. I felt the story, and like I said last time, it hurts uh, me a little bit in that it kind of just felt like it rushed through everything mm -hmm. the acting was good and like you said tactics like alfie 
freaking made me cry. Uh, that like that girl has hopefully a very promising future as an actress because my God, uh, John David Washington did his job for me. Like basically everyone did their jobs. There was no bad acting here. What I felt the problem was that uh, the narrative pacing was the issue. They felt like it was a crammed story. And as a result, the parts that they talked about never like a lot of plot points didn't have a lot of weight to it. They just had exposition and us very just assuming that we're going to have emotional connections with characters that are going through difficult times. I will say that when they take moments to show empathy of the AI, I found to be very profound. And the ideas of like what tact, uh, what Darcy was saying about the empathy and also like how human humans are the fear mongers and are the creatures that ultimately as fear mongers are the destructive ones. The uh, artificial intelligence that were given empathy and given uh programming that allowed them to actually understand kindness and be able to do it more rationally they were actually the more benevolent species uh i find that to be uh, i find that this has a very good uh, discussion point and has a, a a very unique way of showing a mirror but unfortunately it wasn't done right and like they uh you could tell that certain parts in the third act were like they wanted to hit certain plot points and just kind of like rush to get to them which i found to be a lot like i found that this movie was it's it made me think it made me uh feel but it it could have made me think a lot more it could have had a lot more of a discussion to have with it it just didn't really get there so for me i felt it was it was almost a lost opportunity but had enough of meat there for me to still enjoy myself. Yeah, I, I really like what uh, actually what both of you guys said. And uh, Umar, to your point, <clears throat> I I thoroughly agree with you. I feel like um, there were certain moments in the film where it was definitely rushed, where they could have expanded upon the na- certain narratives <clears throat> and plot points that they were that they were bringing up. Like I wanted to be in a position where you understand both sides and you're you're conflicted in the sense of like, okay, well, the fear mongering humans have a point. Like for example, like in in our real life, in terms of like AI, Elon Musk has gone on record of saying that he's deathly afraid of of AI and the capabilities and how if left like if if there's a loss of control, because obviously they're going to keep, uh, they're going to keep getting uh, more intelligent uh, to the point where they're going to surpass the human race, and what that looks like in the future, um, and having to deal with like things like deep fake and like identity crisis, loss of privacy, dependence on AI, and things of that nature, and then the whole perspective of humans like in within the movie, thinking of like AI as just machines, and it's like yeah, we're just we're not killing a civilization, we're just simply turning the off switch, turning off, turning them off, basically. That was a very <clears throat> interesting perspective that I really wish they had more of. Yeah. Like, because, like, mm. that, like, just that part of it alone is such a discussion point. Because, like, I, I remember uh, I was discussing with someone, and they're like, oh, well, humans don't have a standby. I'm like, well, you can stun someone. You can knock them unconscious. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, it's not the same thing. I'm like, it's kind of is. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> yeah. Go, go on, Darcy. So question here for you, okay? This movie was, what, two hours, 35 minutes, something like that? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, two thirteen, I think. Two thirteen. Okay, so let's make. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put out a number for this. Let's mm. assume this film. You know, especially with all the hype and everything it, it's had, and all the, the the publicity it's had post, that a director's cut may come right in the future. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna put a proposal that the that the that the director's cut is three hours and twenty five minutes. Okay, mm-hmm. just I'm sure. just putting the you know, our argument sake sure. number out here. I know that they had five hours as their original cut that they cut down from. I, I remember, heard, yeah. heard, heard that number, and <laughs> there was something like they filmed like thirty minute scenes that like were obviously going to be like two minutes in the film. <laughs> so like they have they have a lot of footage. Um, let's assume that they have a, a three hour and twenty five minute cut that they're going to expand a lot of, a lot of things that, they, that got shortened. Would you both? Answer question both of you want to see that director's cut you know absolutely I'm, I'm putting it closer to that realm of like Zack snyder and stuff like that being like oh, absolutely shit. <clears throat> well yeah that, i mean i was just going to bring that up about the the justice league Zack snyder cut right i mean that made i, I know umar's going to disagree with this but that made the movie significantly better it having better. it having it having it longer because we got Zack snyder's true true vision come to life as opposed to it being cut up and like uh, like re- revamped and, and shit like that right so with this yeah I, I feel like there was a lot of stuff left on on the cutting room table and like we needed we needed that those extra those that extra footage to really drive home the overarching message of this movie and i think it would have made it 10 times better but obviously for marketing purposes and you know money and, and everything like that they, they can't release a four-hour cut or a five-hour cut of a movie fair enough i i will agree that like a justice league uh standard cut mm-hmm. was the, the the superior one and like just like for me i felt where i lost a lot of under like i guess connection with the film uh, with the creator was when they went on the space station uh on um nomad yeah um, <laughs> it's just like they like she gets on there and i'm like okay cool like she co- she goes there to like turn it off i'm like okay i get i get the point but then like like they're running around and he's like like getting on top of like missiles and stuff and like they're, they're trying to shoot everything out and then like she turns it off i'm like okay then she like lets it go back on again and then she goes you know finds her mom's body just to like leave her there and then like he goes like apparently all within 10 minutes it felt like dragon ball z all over again it's like in five minutes this uh this planet's gonna explode and like 80 episodes later the, the planet's like okay i got a couple seconds left it it just a lot of things happened on that space station that didn't make a lot of sense in terms to me in terms of like timeline and also a lot of apparently emotional beats were just like happening like the only thing i will say i kind of like completely connected with was all because of alfie's acting when she's saying goodbye to john david uh, washington that shit like i was next to darcy and like i had to like cover my face because i was like streaming tears at that point mm-hmm. or, or so when, like when he him and Gemma chang got that, that that connected for me i know it didn't connect for everybody but it connected for me yeah nonetheless i just felt these things were just kind of rushed right through and Please don't like. I literally was like, please slow it down a little bit so I can get on, like, have some understanding of what's going on here. So, like, th- that for me, kind of like, like, not that it, it was the only problem in the film, but that was like the main one for me, where I just like the third act just kind of like torpedoed my connection with, with like all the characters and the, uh, the, the narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Now, the thing about the director's cut for this film, based on what I know about the process, is that the likelihood of getting a director's cut would pro would be wavy because almost every every scene involves CGI based characters, right? To some degree. Exactly. And the way they did this film, which was genius, is that they cut the whole film, then they sent it to to the, <coughs> the VFX part uh, department, right? So or the company uh, or companies. And so everything from that point on, they didn't have to do multiple different CGI, which allowed them to have a more efficient budget and a more efficient process, which means there wasn't other stuff that they would do. They started CGI and we didn't see it like it got, like got cut. It was already the cut film, which is why they have. And I'm curious, Tex, if you remember this number, an $80 million budget, which mm -hmm. is $120 million <laughs> less than Ant-Man 3. And which film looks better? <laughs> <laughs> T, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Would you prefer this film had its, like, let's say, a five to six hour run with like mm -hmm. them expanding everything? But would you have preferred it to be either a limited TV series or a part one and part two movie? Oh, fuck. That is a good question. I already know my answer. Because I've been very so. If they had done it like a part one of like uh, part one or part two, I'd probably be frustrated because it would be <laughs> the, it would be the third fucking movie to do that to me. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, why are you doing this again? I, I like my heart couldn't take it. 2023, all <laughs> movies, part one. Part yeah. Two. <laughs> <laughs> um. But is it strong enough for me to sit through, sit and enjoy it as an hour long TV series? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, and not by much, but I'm, I guess I'm kind of leaning more to the TV series. I figured as much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dars? I, I think you just sensitive to the fact that other movies have done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, like if it was the first of its kind for this year, I probably would have been like, like, all right, cool. I think, I think, I think across Spider-Verse hurt you, that, man. That, that one hurt. Like I, I, okay. I, could, I was willing to accept Fast 10. I'm like, okay, fine. I could wait. You know what I mean? Like it's not a big deal. But like going into Spider-Man, like where they ended it, that that just kind of hurt my soul a little bit. And then the wider strike happened and that kind of just sent me over the edge. So so I'm of reverse minds. Like um, Fast X being a part one, part two to me is silly. Um, but <laughs> but when it comes to like um, uh, 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 Cross the Spider-Verse, and the Spider-Verse, which one is it? Oh my gosh. Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I'm like, 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 I forget which one. All I know is Beyond is the third. Um, yeah. But uh, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I would, I'm like, of course it sucked at the end of that moment, but I was like, I'm totally will with it because I'm like, that means one hundred percent. If it's this good, I'm like, and you needed more time. I trust. I trust. <laughs> no, totally. You take totally. take all the time you need. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not gonna argue with you because that means you just giving me more of this amazing feeling. But uh, for me, with this film, hundred percent part one, part two. Um, I'm a, I don't. I, I don't, agree with you. I do I'm not you think that. that this is a show level, and I think that the way you would have to cut it would feel weird 
if you were to cut it but i mean again we don't see all we don't know all the all the rest of the content but i just don't know if it if it plays like a show um you know maybe limited three episode series or something it might kind of work hour and a half for each one but then it i don't know sometimes it's like just the medium in which you deliver something shifts <laughs> my expectations so dramatically that i don't like how to put this this is a movie because it's it is meant to sit in the theater to watch based on yes. the way that it looks. So if I'm going to sit at home by myself and throw this up on my screen, which, you know, I got a beautiful screen, great speakers, but it's not the the right environment. Part one and a part two on this would be absolute. And then that would mean the five hour cut becomes two, two and a half hour cuts, probably some reduction off of those, both of them. So maybe just two hours <laughs> each, right? You know, and, and or an hour, 45 minutes each. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But I, I feel like if you have that, as long as your pacing is good, like let it run the whole two hours, right? Because you know, I don't need to, like a part one, part two, and like they're an hour and a half each. And I'm like, bro, just make one longer. But anyways, um, I'm just, I, I think this would be fantastic as a part one, part two. Um, and yeah, I think it, I think that also if they let let it breathe properly and have a little bit more going on and we like let's say ended at the um the like after Gemma Gemma's character passes away yes right around that temple thing and left it some kind of cliffhanger around there some kind of emotional beat and you're like oh my heart to be continued what no no you can't do that the hype would be real for the second one Imagine I, I, that, like everyone's like, like let's say that we have more of this, and Alfie is even more beloved uh, because I gave more time for her, and then the movie ends with Alfie being taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also on top of that, I think to a point tax made early on, I think there's probably a bunch of John Day, David Washington out here that's like, you know, his feelings might be different given more mm. more time and mm-hmm. more things um because i think the thing that was definitely unexplored is um how did he become this undercover agent right like and talking about the perspective of like i wasn't mad at it i, I accepted it as it was i know you guys are obviously a little more annoyed but the thing is is to the point i love the point of saying let's see the, the other side's perspective so i would have loved not just the like short intro of like and the bomb dropped and blah 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 blah, but then that kicks off him going into the military because i think it'd be really amazing if let me just like adjust the story a little here the first one kicks off with you see him in gemma chan and you see an event right like kind of how it starts but then it goes into his backstory and his backstory is what happened with the explosion in la and then him coming into the military and him leading up to where he is in this uh this film and we get through part of the film maybe up to her death or something up close to that scenario and then we pick up in the second film so the first film is gives let's say half of the film is setting up kind of a perspective from the the western side but makes us as conflicted and then the second film really makes us conflicted on it like i don't want to change it yeah. to the point where the first film is just like 
negative view and the second film is positive view and you're like what the hell but yeah. more to the point of like we get more time with that and we get the conflict and we're like we don't really know how to resolve this conflict but we feel emotional we feel empathy and we just doesn't feel as bad but we still are a little bit concerned and then the second film really takes us to the to the final conclusion yeah yeah so uh yeah so like nonetheless i would say that uh for all of you uh listening and watching give the creator a check like it, it's definitely something that we all have different opinions on on different varieties but at the same time it is a sight to see all right moving on to our final topic uh so uh tactics and i have been able to watch the uh the spin-off show for the boys called gen v uh as in gen generation v uh because of like the the v compound uh Unfortunately, our, our bro Darcy had a busy week, so he wasn't able to uh, catch up with us. So uh, we are going to give a spoiler-free review or initial review of the first few episodes of Gen V. Uh, I think uh, only five episodes have been uh, released so far uh, on on Amazon. Uh, I've only watched four. T, how about you? Uh, yeah, just four. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I have to watch the most recent one. Uh, actually, T... Let's let's hear your initial thoughts because I'm mm -hmm. I'm actually really interested to hear uh, what they are. So, uh, what do you what would you rate the series uh, so far? I think it's like five out of uh, five out of eight episodes have been uh, released. You, you've seen half of it now. We've both seen half of it. Mm -hmm. What would you give the first half of the series so far? Uh, I guess a, maybe a seven reluctantly really yeah i mean it's like it's good it's not it's not the boys level good in fact the boys is great uh this is just this is just good um interesting it, it's enough to keep my interest but there's not a lot of substance um in comparison to the boys main the main reason um for that comparison is that like with the boys you have a very compelling um antagonist that you're following mm -hmm. who's really interesting um and par is parallel to that of superman and the fact that like you have like a justice league type-esque um hero society is a really interesting element to the boys that kind of like draws you in for any superhero fans because you're just like oh that guy's like batman that guy's like superman so there's that and then but they're all assholes so that alone is such a really good concept for me whereas the boy or sorry whereas uh gen v is kind of like it kind of gives off and neither of you guys are going to really understand or maybe you will but uh it's giving me like Riverdale, a mature Riverdale vibe, but obviously like a like a boys version of Riverdale, um, and but and obviously that much like a lot better uh, than that in the sense that because it's like college and it's like it's it's less about an antagonist and it's more so about like solving a particular a mystery, right, right. So it's like but just with a superhero element to it. So it was kind of giving me that vibe um throughout the show and then obviously it had it still has the boy like the, the the wild antics of the boys very very oh, very gratuitous ever. oh my god very gratuitous um uh, darcy let's put it this way there is also another dicks issue 
Oh, there's, there's, there's two actually. <laughs> oh yeah, you're. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, I think the second one is pretty bad. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And uh, there's right. an ear issue that nearly made me throw. Yeah, up. yeah. The ear, the ear. I, I still think the dick one was pretty. Oh, that, that one made me cringe the, a little bit. That made that would make anyone cringe. Yeah. But like, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Sorry, T. Go on. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like a R-rated version of Riverdale, but much better. And just it, it, the mystery element with these uncanny individuals that come together and they're trying to solve this conspiracy thing um, regarding their school and whatnot. So um, if that's your vibe, then you're, you'll you'll probably enjoy this. Um, some of the powers are, are really interesting and the way that they they utilize their powers is is always kind of unique. And it's like, it's somewhat unlike what we what we're typically used to. So I like the boys and Gen V in this in the sense that like they 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 take they'll take existing superhero powers or just powers in general, but they'll put like a very sick and demented twist on it that you you never really thought of, and you're like, uh, okay, that's that's a very interesting way to use that power. So there's that to look up to or to look forward to. Um, but yeah, overall, like it's it's an it's an enjoyable show but it's not it's not near nearly as good as the boys i find that very surprising and interesting uh, before i give my review i do want to ask you a question t because i mm -hmm. think i'm starting to see a pa another pattern uh mm -hmm. aside from you hate uh just being rejected by anything space uh travel related mm -hmm. are you not a fan of school-based dynamics for shows I mean, I liked uh, Never Have I Ever, and that was a school-based show. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just so the whole school thing, like, it's cool in the sense of like we we all went to college, university, so we can all kind of relate to a lot of these tropes. So there's there's yeah. definitely there's definitely some similarities there, um, and things that you can resonate with. But for me, I just. There's not as much substance there yet, and again, it's still early in the season. Like, it, like for all we know, like there, it, it's just taking a while for them to pick up traction. But mm -hmm. yeah, there isn't really a whole lot happening right now, other than this mis mystery conspiracy thing, right? So it's like, okay, that that's cool. Um, I, I wonder what's gonna happen from this. Um, and like it's uh, the way episode four ended, it was kind of like, okay, it. it it uh it it kind of leaves it off on a cliffhanger type of thing where it's like oh well yeah another we mystery here? yeah right so there's still that intrigue there but it's just not as strong in comparison to the boys okay like i don't uh, even know who to root for really yet in this in this group right now okay uh so i will say i i will give this show a eight and a half out of ten Damn. Uh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Let's just take take note of this for a second, quickly. Y'all, y'all like on like the opposite sides. Who <laughs> 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 normally are? I'm just, I'm just kind of surprised right now. Yeah, like, I, I will say that I am thoroughly enjoying uh, this series. Um, surprisingly, more than I thought I would. To be honest. Uh, to be fair, I do. I like. Uh, I'm just uh, forgetting, uh, blanking on his name right now. Uh, 
Eric Kripke. I, I like Eric Kripke. I also like how he brings social issues uh, in a fucked up um, uh, boys universe. And kind of like what Tactics was saying, the way the powers manifest and how they operate in like almost like a realistic setting as opposed to a like in X-Men, like a most, an almost um, idealized setting. Like the worst you have is Rogue. Uh, or like, uh, or like uh, that other mutant with who the see see through skin and stuff like that. Like you have like rare mutants that have really fucked up powers that really affect their lives. But like in the boys, it's almost all of them have severe psychological trauma due to their childhood of being raised with superpowers and then finding out. And I like that this show kind of focuses on the fact that these kids just found out uh, like like a year or two before the sh- like the the show starts that they weren't born with superpowers because God gave it to them. They were given it to them because their parents juiced them when they were babies. Mm-hmm. So like um, seeing how that has had a, a psychological effect, seeing how the powers have been given a college level fucker fuck up in the minds. Also, I find fascinating. Um, I also like uh, how it captures the loneliness of college and also mm. when you like you just like and i mean just start to realize that you're on your own uh in life and like have to like kind of forge your own path but you're still not sure of how to do that and your parents still have a whole lot of influence on it like i really enjoy seeing the the, the parental influence and it's slowly being revealed as bullshit mm-hmm. not that every parental inf- influence is bullshit but like in an ivy league situation there is that view that uh people like legacies have it so much easier and they're a lot more douchier than people who struggle and fight to get into an ivy league and kind of have a chip on their shoulder so uh and also seeing that how like different tropes uh or i shouldn't say tropes because they're real life like different uh stereotypes of what college is like are being influenced by superpowers and then like taken to an extra fucked up level um and then also with the conspiracy, I will say that the conspiracy kind of seems very, um, I find it to be an odd location for where they are. Like, I, yeah. I'm like, that seems kind of convenient that this is like literally the underbelly of the school. But um, I will say that some of the characters haven't entirely popped up for me, but I do like the team uh forming uh aspect of it and also i enjoy the jump like the playful jump between like what we've seen in like marvel movies and dc movies and then also what we've seen in the boys and kind of like and like a a bit of a blend towards the two because it is a like tactics is right this is not the boys like this storyline is fundamentally different they're telling a completely different type of story and they're having characters who are kind of you're right there's no real protagonist Uh, sorry there's no real well actually there's no real protagonist and there's no real antagonist it's just kids learning about life while their powers and also stuff that happens And I mean, that might not necessarily be a bad thing. I mean, because it kind it's of more de- stylized. Yeah, it deviates from the original trope that we're used to, where there is a protagonist and an antagonist, and you're rooting for one or the other. And it's yes. very formulaic, paint by numbers kind of thing. At least with this, it's kind of like, okay, it's taking a different approach. And 
it takes maybe a while to get used to it, but yes. once you're on board, you're kind of along for the ride and you get used to it. Yeah, like I, it's interesting tactics. I am starting to feel that this ha- like you think that this is kind of like ramping up to something that you might enjoy more by the end of it. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about the opposite. I'm worried that this is going downhill. Well, you didn't. You you made a very interesting point in terms of like their powers and how the power isn't the main isn't the main factor that makes a lot of these individuals unique. It's the trauma that they've they've sustained because of their powers and yes. even maybe before they even had powers they had these like afflictions that they had to deal with and and, and whatnot and now you kind of you see these powers as a manifest the, the way that they manifest is like very reminiscent of like how um like you would imagine like someone with bulimia would would have but then now there's a superhero element to or exactly. a superpower element to it or someone who you know has transitioning transitioning or cutting themselves like things like yes. like very, like these are all very much like stand like typical well not typical but like stereotypical stereotypical right um things that like can sometimes happen in, in people who are, are dealing with heavy trauma and so it takes an interesting spin on that in a stylized way like umar put so i found that to be one of the more fascinating elements of the show so yeah yeah i mean it's gotten better and better with each episode that i've i've watched so i will agree yeah Mm. i will agree i'm just worried that it's kind of capped where it is right now and it's going to start like going downhill but Mm -hmm. i'm i'm really hoping it does what you're saying tactics and it keeps like ramping up right this is a very interesting conversation to listen to on the basis that one person's like, mm, I don't know. And the other person's like, I'm loving it. And then the person's like, I'm loving it. Is selling the person to like, oh, this is actually might be better than I think it is. While that person's saying, I don't know. I think it's going to fall off. <laughs> 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 it's like, you all sold each other into your opposite numbers. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, I get really hyped about it. But, you know, while it gets good, I'm going to get out because I don't think it's going to be <laughs> like. But it's like okay, I'm over here like oddest pitch ever. Like I, <laughs> you definitely gotta watch it. I I will say that like I mean a seven and eight point five. Neither are saying the show is bad. No, no, no. I I. It's funny. All week I've been um uh keep feeling like there's something i'm supposed to be watching i can't think of what it is. <laughs> it was this whole week so i probably could have but i just didn't even like think about it i i had other things going on but anyways yeah i'm probably gonna pick it up at this point um nice. but i got a couple i got a couple one piece episodes it's just the hype is the hype is real they, they drop something at the end of an episode they showed a character they hadn't shown in like 300 episodes and you're like hold up <laughs> yeah uh, it's gonna be a minute <laughs> so yeah, uh, and also like uh, one thing I will say about uh, Gen V, the fact that the show is uh, happening like concurrently with season four, the, what the upcoming season four of uh, the boys, makes me hopeful that if they do what Tactics is saying and go ramp up, it's going to be something that actually connects. Mm, I could see that happening. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, this is this this was weird for me. This already if, looks weird. This yeah, looks... like if I walked into my dorm for the first time and I saw this, I'd be like, um I mean I didn't know it was a dorm, but now now I do. Mm-hmm. I apologize <laughs> for the spoilers. 
Yeah. Nonetheless. I'm sure it's going to get a lot more <laughs> than, than, than that. This this ain't the weirdest thing, man. I'm, I'm telling no, you right now. No, man. Oh, this is this is not even a warm-up. That was weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this scene. But this was brief in comparison. Yes, this, this was tame in comparison. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking about raging teenage or not teenage but like raging like 20 year old hormones and adolescent yeah crazy stuff that can happen when you're definitely on the right track no uh, darcy you're right it is teenage because like they're they start college in uh, at 17 yeah oh so they're freshmen yeah 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 well not all some of them are freshmen some of them are fresh yeah i will say um schwarzenegger's kid not as bad of a doctor as i thought he would be who's who's Schwarzenegger's kid, the fire dude. Oh, okay. He didn't look as familiar to me as I thought he would, but like he's not a he's not a terrible actor as I thought he would be. Either. Sylvia was like, "Yo, we've seen this guy before," and I'm like, "I've never seen this guy in my life." And she's like, "No, I'm telling you, we we like he looks so familiar." It's the it's I, the eyes and the expression. Ah, uh, okay, not okay. I can't unsee it now. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, so Schwarzenegger's son, uh, not a bad, uh, uh, I don't know if this is his first uh, break or something like that, but like, this is the first time I'm seeing him. So like, not a bad first uh, uh, first go. Yeah. Now I kind of want to watch it more. I'm about to go eat, so I don't think it's a good combination. Though. No, do not watch <laughs> the first episode while eating. Okay, I'll watch One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, I'm going to volley it to UT for our closing remarks. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys once again for tuning in wherever you are, whether you're listening on Spotify or you're watching us live on YouTube or decide to watch it later. We want to thank you. Uh, please like, favorite, and subscribe if you haven't already, and we will see you guys next week. Once again, I'm your boy Tactics, and this is Geeky Bros Podcast. And this is just Darcy. And this is Big Geek Umar. Live long and prosper, y'all. Have a great weekend. Uh, this is bad, so I'm doing this. I don't even know what the other thing was. This is uh, in Britain. This is this. Oh, they use two fingers. Mm. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>